guys who talks about his kids every single sermon, okay? So if I start doing that, please call me out on that. But is it cool if I talk about them this morning, all right? Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, this summer, Sarah and I um, had welcomed into our family our first children, twins, uh, twin boys, Samuel and Luke. And we are just absolutely loving it, man. We, we love these kids. And um, I, I'm loving, I could keep coming up with very dorky nicknames for them, all right? Like, my favorite at the moment is Samwise the Brave, okay? And Luke, I am your father. <laughs> it never gets old for me. It's way past old for Sarah by now, but it's all right. Um, and we, we just love these kids, man, and, and, and I've just been thinking a lot lately, remembering back of, of when we first, like, first realized that they were coming and, and the great news that this was happening, right? And, and there's this really amazing mix of emotions there. There's this just all-out, like, euphoria, joy uh, of, of this happening. And at the same time, I will be honest, there was also uh, an equal mix of flat-out fear, okay? Not that I was afraid of them, but I was very afraid for them, okay? I'm like, I am going to screw them up somehow, and just all of this pressure about that, right? And so it's, it's this really strange mix between, oh, yes, and oh, snap, all right? <laughs> and uh, so this, this pressure of that. And it didn't help when we actually went to go buy their cribs. This is like monumental moment, right, buying the first crib. And so I, I get a crib, and I, I put it in the, in the rack, and I'm, like, starting to push to go pay. And Sarah gently reminds me that we still need another crib, right? And I'm like, oh, no, I will forget one of these kids behind somewhere, right? It's, it's this pressure. And uh, so, but, it, but this great feeling of, of, of this, like, long, long time of waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you get the news. And, and, but then you also get this feeling of, like, there's not enough time in the world to get prepared for this. And so I, I think back to of like my kind of my fictional heroes and have these, these hopes of being a dad like these heroes I've read about or watched on TV or seen in movies or, or things like that. And so I think of Atticus Finch, like the coolest man to ever live, right, or be written about. Um, and, and I'm like, I want to be a dad like that. I want to be a dad like that. And then, of course, the, the one that I grew up with, Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. I'm, I really want to be a dad like him, minus the terrible sweaters that he would wear, right? Um, or, or, or Coach Eric Taylor. Any Friday Night Lights fans in the house? Yes. Clear eyes, full hearts. All right. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> we have like a minor fan, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I think of these and, and of course, the, the greatest of all, um, Gandalf, right? Totally not a dad. I just wanted to sneak that reference in there. <laughs> it's bad. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Um, and so I think about all of these heroes that I have and these dads that I like. I want to be like these guys, but then that nagging sense uh, keeps me awake at night that tells me I will probably instead be a dad more like Phil Dumphy, right, from Modern Family. So that's the thing that keeps me awake. Uh, <laughs> So, so this like swirling of emotions uh, of absolute joy and just, you know, all this hope 
And then at the same time, there's this sense of like, man, what if I mess this up? And there's kind of a little bit of uh, the pressure that comes along with it. Why? Because this is something that is significant, okay? And I realize that there is nothing in my life that I will do that is more significant than being the, the dad, than being a father to Luke and to Samuel. Nothing that I do for the rest of my life will be more significant than that. And so there's this weight that comes along with it. There's this weight to this and, and, and a sense of, of gravity for, for what this is about. God plants that sense in us. And we find that in the Ten Commandments as we've been walking through here. The commandment that we're studying today is this commandment that he places in verse 12 here where he says, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land that God is giving to you. And it's, it's really cool. The word honor in Hebrew, it's, it's kabod, and, and it literally means to make weighty, to make heavy. And, and this word of honor it has this sense of weight, of significance, not an empty gesture, but a thing of gravity, a thing of gravity. The Hebrew language is so cool. The, the, the opposite word of that, so to honor, and then the opposite of honor would be to curse. And the Hebrew word for to curse is kalel, which means to make light of. To make light of. Honor is to make weighty, to make heavy. Uh, curse is to make light of, right? And God is saying this is not a thing to make light of. This is a thing of significance. Being a mother, being a father is a thing of weight and a thing of significance, and it needs to be treated with that. So honor your father and mother that it may live, that you may live long in the land that God has given you. So as we go through these Ten Commandments, we're discovering several different things about them. And this, this covenant that God makes with his people, and as he outlines for them what it means to be his covenant people, to be in this covenant relationship, with him, and part of it is is this: is to honor your father, father and mother. As we look at it, we see that almost all of these commands uh, are are in like a prohibitive sense, right? Where he's saying, "Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this." And it's not that God is 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 like antagonistic, and it's not that God is just against everything. But what he's doing is he is trying to remove the boundaries of love. Okay, he's trying to remove the boundaries of love and he's identifying these things. And he says, if you do this, then love cannot live in that kind of environment and that kind of atmosphere. Let's go through the ground and, and before we do the planting, before we do the planting of what's going to grow up, let's dig up all of those things that need to be removed so that love can flourish, so that love can grow, so that community can actually happen. A really cool thing about this command is that it's the only command that a promise is attached to, right? So he says, do this, and this will happen. If you honor your father and mother, then you will live long in the land that God is giving you. So, so why is this uh, attached here? Because God is saying, if you embrace this design that I am laying out for you, then what will grow up, what will grow up in the soil and what I'm planting will be this community that is marked by cycle of love, marked by the sustainable cycle of love and care for 
each other. And so he's mapping this out. If you do this, then you will become the kind of culture, you will become the kind of nation that is marked by its care for each other. And that is a sustainable kind of thing. That is an ongoing thing. And that is how you will live long in this world and in the land that I'm giving you. So there's this cycle that he establishes. Of course, mothers and fathers by nature care for their kids. But he's saying also children care for your parents and return that sense of deep love and that deep sense of respect, that weightiness, and give it the weight that it deserves. And if you live by that cycle, then you will create a culture that will be marked by its care for each other. It's been said that you can judge a society, you can judge the character of a society by the way that it treats its youngest and its oldest. You can judge the character of a society by the way it treats its youngest and its oldest. So God is saying, I want this to be the kind of culture that mothers and fathers take care of their young. And then as the young grow up, they take care of the old. And this cycle of care and this nation that will be marked by this. While other nations around them at the time isolated people of older age, Israel was set apart in the, in the fact that it honored that old age and, and honored that wisdom that came with that. So he wants to create this kind of culture. So, so it's a cultural thing. It's absolutely a personal thing that we should do uh, within your own family context. But more than just a personal thing, it's also designed to be a communal thing. It's designed to be a shared command. And so part of what he says here is that it's not just for you to honor your own mother and father. Absolutely, you should do that. That's where it starts. But it spreads further than that. This is a community kind of idea. And so the responsibility for you to honor father and mother doesn't stop with your own father and mother. It expands beyond that. And you honor other fathers and mothers in the culture. And it's just a way of living in the culture. And so as I look at that, one of the things that's been, that's been coming back to me is, is the question of this. We now live in a culture where, where the ideal of honoring in the, in the family context is really, really broken, right? Everywhere we look, we see that that is a broken down design. The design is not working, and it's broken going both ways. And so the question for us is that this is, this is more than just a personal thing. If this is a community kind of command, then what does it look like for Love Chapel Hill to be marked as being agents of honoring and agents of healing for families in our community? And, and I want to invite uh, April Hastings to come up. April and her husband Derek are family life pastors here at Love Chapel Hill. And you don't get to see them on most Sundays because most of the time they're leading the, the kids' ministry, uh, Quest Kids, upstairs. Uh, but April's going to come and share with us what it looks like for Love Chapel Hill to be agents of honor and agents of healing for families in our community. that God had called us to love and minister to. 
we came across a gentleman that was sitting there holding a sign that said, feel free to come and talk to me. And, um, of course, our good pastor, Father Matt, took him up on that, and they were able to chat for a while, which is a great thing to, to see and be a part of. Um, but that moment, that encounter, um, it's been framed in my mind ever since. And what it represents has resonated in me and our hopes for the family ministry. See, not everyone is so bold to say, come to me, engage in my life, and cross my path. Um, but there are so many hurting families, men, women, children in our community that need that love collision, that need that interaction. And we don't want to wait passively for them to say, here I am, I'm ready for you to love me. Our hope is, to, our, our prayer is to have a love that seeks out the families in need um, in our community, to have a love that pursues them. In that spirit, um, with that heart, uh, God put a passion um, in us to reach out to the women and children that stay and pass through the shelter called Homestart in Chapel Hill. Um, and God, of course, as he does, he provided a perfect opportunity. Many of you know and are probably a part of uh, the student-led group called UNC Hope. And uh, they do amazing things. And um, among other things, they do a play group and tutoring sessions out at Homestart weekly with the kids. And David Kaler and others invited us to be a part of what they were doing. They let us um, come out there and support them as needed this past spring and through the summer. So with UNC Hope, we were able to go out and do an Easter event and um, attend several of the play groups to love on the kids. So imagine with me, if you will, um, chalk drawings on the sidewalk of moms and dads and flowers and butterflies and bunnies and bubbles floating through the air and basketballs being shot at the goal and um, scooters racing everywhere that made me crazy nervous and our very own Justin Simmons and Robbie Barnes chasing each other, playing tag with the kids carrying another one on piggyback. It was a beautiful thing to see and be a part of. Um, Another thing uh, that we've been able to join UNC Hope in doing is Lisa Kurtz, and many of you have joined their um, gardens group. They have planted, cultivated, and maintained a garden on site at Homestart for the moms to have fresh fruits, vegetables, and herbs. And again, I mean, just a beautiful picture of tomato plants taller than this, bursting with fruit, the kids digging, looking for ripe strawberries and eating the green ones and making crazy faces afterwards and spitting it out. And then myself and kids included squealing, chasing the frogs and the creepy crawlies in the garden. Again, another, another blessing to be a part of out there. Um, apart from our work with UNC Hope, we've been able to um, partner with a couple of businesses, local businesses, Aveda Institute and Sid's Hair Salon, um, God just moved in a beautiful way, and um, they answered the call to join us and love on the moms and the women there. Um, they came and provided the moms with manicures, massages, beauty products, new hairstyles, and we were able to dote on them for a little while. Um, and the image for that, I mean, it just just a woman who carries the weight of the world on her shoulders is able to sit in a chair with beautiful nail polish and a fresh new do and relax while someone takes the time to massage her shoulders. So play groups, gardens, massages, manicures, beauty products, hairstyles, they all seem simple, but they're details. They're details in someone's life. And our hope, our prayer is that God can move through us a love 
but communicates to them. We care about the details of your life. We want to um, be there, come to you, and show you that you are loved, you are valued, and we're here for you. Um, I was speaking with Lori, uh, a housing director for HomeStart, um, actually over at the ISC. And she was very gracious and just kindly shared with me that um, whenever we've left, that the moms and kids, they talk about it for days. Now, that's not to boast in what we've done. That's to boast in what the Lord has done. And um, we are able to love because he first loved us. And what he has done is he's taken that shared love and his spirit has moved and allowed it to linger beautifully in them and through them at a very critical moment in their lives when they need it most. Um, we're really excited about some new plans that we're making with HomeStarts. Uh, we want to do our own monthly play groups um, to go give the moms some downtime and just pour some love into the kids. Um, we also want to do some more of the events. You know, families come and go through there, and so we want to get back out there and do more manicures and massages and hopefully some new ideas um, just to be there, to be a part of their lives. Um, Lisa Kurtz and the garden crew are working with UNC Hope again to revamp the garden. I mean, they're going to uh, expand it, make it more accessible, more profitable for the families there, which is just really exciting what God is doing. Um, Love Chapel Hill as a whole, the family ministry included. Um, we're not summed up by a Sunday morning experience. Our hope, our heart, our desire is to seek out these families in need of God's healing that we are more than able to share that love with and be there for them, pursue them, delve into the details of their life and pray that the Lord works in a way that he does wonderfully, letting it linger, helping them through the healing process. And um, I just want to thank all of you that have partnered with us in praying for them and praying for us to be faithful to answer the call, who have joined us out there and been a part of all the fun and games and excitement. And um, if you ever want to be a part of what God is doing out there, feel free to come talk to me. Thanks. Thank you, April. We are absolutely thrilled about what God is doing um, through April's vision for this and leadership in this and um, what he is, is able to do in the lives of these moms and these kids and a way for us to be active agents of healing and of honoring uh, for families in our community. So, again, if you want to be a part of that, just email April at lovechapelhill.com and she will, um, she will talk help you uh, figure out how to, how to plug in with that. I love it. It's awesome. Um, so that, that's, that's what this command is about. It's an expanding thing. It's not just a personal thing. It's a communal thing. And we have to find ways to continue to, to be agents of that in our community. But other than being a communal and a, and a wide out there thing, it is also a very personal kind of command. And this is where it gets difficult. And this is where it gets tense for us and tender for us. Because we have to acknowledge the truth that the cycle and the design that God laid out is broken. Absolutely, it's broken on the side of children honoring their parents. But sadly, it's also very broken in our culture on the side of parents honoring their kids. 
and loving their kids and respecting their kids and creating an environment of care and love. And sadly, some of us have, have, have learned to see the world through broken lenses because it's how we were exposed to it very first. The way that we, that we learned to understand the world was through a family dynamic that is totally broken and screwed up. At, through a family dynamic that is a hurting dynamic. And it's the way we see the world, and it has become the way that we learn to understand God. And because of our own personal experiences within our families, we have a broken idea of what God is about. And I want to tell you this morning, if that is you, if that is you, God is a father in the best kind of way that you can imagine. And it might be hard for you to understand him as a father because your own father has hurt you or your own father has trampled your trust or your own father has abandoned you, walked away from you. He is not a father like that. Every single one of us have images in our mind of what the best kind of father could be like. It's, it's maybe we see from, from a, a friend's father or another person that we know or something that we've cooked up in our minds of, man, I wish my dad was like this. And God the Father takes all of those imaginations and blows them out of the water. He is the best kind of father you can imagine, a father who cares, a father who protects, a father who loves, a father who believes in you, not just asking you to believe in him, but God believes in you. That's who he is, a God who will never walk away from you. He will never abandon you. He looks you in the eye with a strong kind of presence, the best kind of strong, and he says, I love you. I believe in you. I will never leave you. That's who he is. That is who he is. And if you need that kind of healing in your life, then he is there for that. He wants to embrace you and wants for you to experience that kind of healing. What I want for us to do this morning as we come to a close here uh, in, in talking about this command is this is the kind of command that, that demands some action. This is kind of one of those things that we can take action on today, even as we're sitting here right now. And so for some of us, we need to make a decision in our lives. We need to make a decision to forgive some people who have hurt us. The cycle has been broken. Uh, parents weren't what they should have been, maybe, and we are still hurting. Maybe, maybe we've carried that for years and years and years. But God is, is bringing you to a point this morning where he says, it's time to forgive. It's time to forgive. Now, let's get something straight. There's a major difference between forgiving and trusting. Trusting is not something that happens easily. Trusting is not something you give away freely. If a trust has been broken, then that takes a long time to grow back and to heal and to build back. If someone has hurt you, you do not have to trust them, okay? But forgiveness is different. Forgiveness is different because forgiveness can't be earned because forgiveness has already been paid for by someone else. You can't make someone pay for their sins against you because Jesus has already paid for those sins. None of us can pay for our sins. Forgiveness is a different kind of idea altogether. Trust, you're not asked to give that away freely. 
Be careful with your truck. Forgiveness, you are to give that away recklessly, even to the people who have hurt you the most. And maybe this morning, that is what God is prompting in your heart, is to simply forgive. Forgive. Maybe that means you pick up the phone today and call someone that you haven't talked to in a very long time. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. You don't have to draw, drag everything back out again, but maybe you just make a phone call and you say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Maybe some of you need to make a phone call to say, I'm sorry. That I'm the one that needs forgiveness and I'm coming back to you and I'm asking for you to forgive me. So maybe you need to say, I forgive you. Maybe you need to say, I'm sorry. Maybe some of you need to uh, pull out your cell phones right now, even before you make another move, before another moment goes by. Pull out a cell phone and just simply text someone, a, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, and say, thank you. Thank you. And say, I love you. I love you. I just want to remind you how much I love you and how grateful I am that you are part of this family and I am a part of your family. Maybe that's what needs to happen for you this morning. I don't know. Maybe some of you need to grab April before, this, before she leaves this morning and say, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be an agent of healing and hope. Maybe some of you need to come up with the next idea that we're going to do with that. Maybe some of you need to find out what it looks like for us to embrace um, elderly people in our community who are isolated from their families and who have been cut off from their families. And we need to become a family for them and honor mothers and fathers, maybe honor some grandmothers and grandfathers. Uh, maybe some of you need to help us as we try to embark on, 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 on building a, a youth ministry here, okay? Not just to start something up, but because God is stirring in our hearts and asking us to become mentors for sons and daughters who don't have mothers and fathers who are pouring into them. And maybe that's you this morning. I don't know. But I do know this. This is a command that asks for action. And it sparks action in us. So wherever you fall on that spectrum, do something today to honor a mother and a father or to honor a son and a daughter. This is a command that demands action. So here we are. Honor your father and mother that, it may, that you may live long in the land that God is giving you. The next part of this covenant that he's made with his people of taking a people broken from centuries of slavery and forging this beautiful mosaic of what it looks like to live out his heart and mind in the world. Father, thank you that you are the best kind of father and that you show us what it means to be an honorable father. Thank you that your son Jesus shows us what it means to honor our fathers and mothers. And I pray you would help us today to take some kind of action. Maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a text, maybe it's an email, maybe it's, it's seeking out people who need it. But help us to do something, spur us to do something today, to be agents of honoring and agents of healing in our community for families, maybe even our own family. It's in your name we pray. Amen.